There's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota opens this October in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer-trained technicians. And Specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota opens Monday, October the 17th at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Hello everyone, good afternoon, good evening, Paul Cooney here in the company of Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant. We've got all bases covered as we go into, what is it, game day four of the Champions League, Celtic and Rangers in the biggest tournament in, well, I'd say world football. Barry, would you say it's the biggest in world football, Champions League? Yeah, 100%. It's where the, the, the best teams and the, the best players and the best managers are. And, um, and it's brilliant for Scottish football that both Rangers and Celtic are in the Champions League together this season. Peter, they certainly are and RB Leipzig are in town for the game tomorrow night Celtic against RB Leipzig and really they need to win to have that chance to be in second top position what's the latest news on Jota? Well you're hoping he's going to be fit you listen to the manager talking and I think it's important he seems positive about it but all managers are like no want to give the other the opportunity to the opposition to prepare for something different I think they've got players they can swing about, they've got Abada, they've got Mieda can play on the left-hand side for Jota. And sometimes that's what you've got to do. And we've always said Celtic have a good squad in this, but maybe the time that they've got to show up, obviously we're losing Callum McGregor also. Is that a tan I see on yours, a high blood pressure? Has it been good? High weather? blood pressure, <laughs> looking forward to the, weather, the game tomorrow night, like that's what it is. <laughs> no, I've been a few days away, so thoroughly enjoyed it. We're glad to be back. So wins for both Celtic and Rangers at the weekend and Barry Liverpool in town. I'm not even going to say to you Liverpool losing against Arsenal because it is Liverpool coming to Ibrox. But Rangers, are they going to have a go? Yeah, well, I think they need to take something out of the game, Paul, if they've got any hopes of, of getting that third place. Um, and listen, Gio might come up with a, a game plan. He might throw two up top. We just need to wait and see. He spoke about it last week in his, his presser. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what team um, he puts out on Wednesday. But listen, you've got to be aware of Liverpool. Yep, they have struggled domestically in terms of they've not won as many games as, as they would want but they're still a top quality team with top quality players, Paul. Cholak, Morellas, Peter, Cholak, I mean, 13 goals in 16 games. He's been a great buy. Delighted for him because I think he's been under a bit of pressure because of the Morellas situation. More than anything else, undue pressure and people are clamouring for Morellas to get the games prior to him. And I think the boy's done all he's speaking on the pitch and that's what you've always said even about Morellas. Do your talking on the pitch, make yourself undroppable really and I think Kolak and I was so surprised when I seen the Liverpool team uh, sorry down at Liverpool last week the Rangers team down there you know so I've no doubt that Kolak will start I'm still a bit concerned if they play two strikers because I don't think they two strikers can one of them can drop in and I think if you've got Thiago playing in that deeper role or Fabiano you have no chance because if you give too much of the ball away in the European games it's very very difficult exactly what you were saying on Friday yeah, look, as I said, Paul, they've definitely got to get something out of the game. So I, I'm thinking that he may go with that. I was speaking to Granty off air and he maybe go with like a Ryan Jack and Lundstrom sitting with Scott Arfield as a three in the middle where Scott Arfield can go and stop Thiago because if you let Thiago play, he runs a game for Liverpool. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what 
sort of formation. I still think he will go with the, the same back five, mm-hmm. similar with the two uh, wing backs pushed a bit further up. Obviously, they're basically playing on their 18 yard yeah. box at, at Anfield, sure. which is understandable. But look, I think Gio knows that he needs to get something out of the game and that he could throw the two in up top because Sholak at this moment in time, another double at the weekend. Um, he's an absolute fire just now. Did but you but the yeah. thing is, Paul, with that, Arfield is a goal scoring threat. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. when you stop Thiago on one side of it, when Rangers have got possession of the ball, I think he's got a great idea of how to run in the box and get support to the front man. Kolak works really hard in the front line. So I think the likes of Arfield playing doesn't take the goal threat of Rangers away. Mm. I think that that's a difficult one to pick as a, a midfielder running late into the box. And Liverpool are not great at If you're talking about Thiago and whatever, that's probably their weakness of tracking runners. And that's why I think Barry's right that the likes of Arfield playing in that position I think could do a really good job for Rangers. And for Celtic, who is going to play at the back? We know that Cameron Carter-Vickers is back. Who would you have in with him? I'm going to ask you that in a second, Peter. In the last few minutes, Ange Postacoglu has been in front of the media ahead of the game tomorrow night, RB Leipzig in town. And he was asked first, what about the worry about uh, Jota? Yeah, he was, like I said, he pulled up sore on the weekend and yeah, we just have to sort of assess it. It's a quick turnaround in games, so usually second day we've usually got a couple missing anyway, but uh, obviously with the game tomorrow we've got to make a decision. Got to make a decision, still a chance? I think there's still a chance, but it's interesting what you're saying. I was led to believe at the weekend it was fatigue, but the way the manager was talking there as if he's pulled up, you know, so that's telling you it's a slight injury, you know, so you're trying to read between the lines. Only the manager can tell that he's such an important player, you're going to give him at the last moment, that's for sure. But it's time for the squad then to stand up. We've always said they've got the biggest and strongest squad probably in Scotland at this moment in time. And Europe's completely different. Abzavanovic is up, how you say his name, could play there. You've got Mieda could play there, Abada could play one side, Mieda's played on the left-hand side, you know, so who uh, is full of energy. Um, so there's guys there that can replace him, but Jota would be a big loss. But as you say, you top all your top players, and that's all you look for. Getting into big games is your top players being available. So it'd be a blow for Celtic if him and Callum McGregor weren't available, obviously. Barry, what are you thinking about Celtic? Um, I, I thought they would have got something out of the game last week over in Leipzig, but when I watched Leipzig, I mean, th- there was two players that really stood out for me. I thought Silva up top, who got the double, was really impressive. But Nkunku, for me, was mm-hmm. the difference. Um, that's the first time I've really seen him for, for 90 minutes. And some of his touches, his movement, his all-round play was, was top-notch. And you can see why teams are looking to pay, what is it, 60, 70 million pounds mm-hmm. for him. So I, I think if Celtic have to get anything out of the game, they two players... Um, they need to stop and obviously Werner who was at Chelsea is a, a danger so I think if they keep the three quiet then they're in with a chance of getting something out of the game Celtic left it late against St Johnson. they dominated most of the game and then St Johnson equalising what in the third minute of injury time looked as though that was it and then the goal from Gikamakis in the 95th minute here's the manager speaking about his team's character yeah, yeah, well, you have to have it during the course of a season. You'd love things to run smoothly, but um, as I said, again, we should have really finished off a lot earlier. Um, yeah, we wait till the last minute, but um, as I said, that's uh, that's important to, to show that character as well. Peter, that gives them a boost, though, the way it finished. That's what champions do. That's what they do. They do it often. Then the game never give in. The manager always said it, but it's been a trait when you're at your champions. It doesn't matter who you are. You watch champions' traits, who wins the league at the end of the season. There's games they've scored goals late. You know, they've came from behind when it looks all dead. And Celtic done it at the weekend when you scored 93rd minute. You could see St. Johnson thought they had the draw, obviously. And you've got to give James McCarthy great credit because he goes and nicks the ball and steals the ball high up the pitch, which is not probably one of his strengths. 
and then a great ball in but yeah again Jack Amakis wants to score goals and we've said it many many times and I think that gives the manager a headache tomorrow night because I thought Kyogo's movement in the first game was excellent he got a couple of chances with headers and I felt they were weak at that so when crosses come in so is it something that puts something in the manager's mind putting crosses in and getting Jack Amakis in there to get the goals because he can finish and he likes to run across either post as well and he gets goals from it and yet again Saturday proved that and Bernabe did so well didn't he that's his first full start yes he did but listen Greg Taylor's been doing excellent you know what I mean so you've got to be fair to him he thought there was probably writing was on the wall for Greg and he was going to be playing back up but he's proved it and that's what you've got to do if you're at a top club you've got to prove that you've got to stay in and his performance has deserved that you know, but as I said, to be fair, that's the best I've seen Bernabe was at the weekend. Barry, on James McCarthy, you spotted that he did well in his short time the other night against RB Leipzig and my goodness, he made a difference at that goal yeah, at the end. Yeah, I thought he'd done well yeah. when he came on again against Leipzig. I think he was disappointed not getting the, the nod to come on before that and um, I think he had a point to prove and I thought he'd come on and uh, he played a real part in the, in the game he wanted to go and get the ball he kept the ball and again as Grant had just mentioned there um, he broke the play up to, to set the, the second goal up uh, for uh, Jack Amakis but when St Johnson equalised I still wasn't confident that mm. they were going to drop two mm. points because they've got dangerous players and they go right to the very last second and and um, and you know Celtic are going to do that under Postacoglu Keeps it going, doesn't it? Just two points yeah. in it in the yeah. Premier. And from that point of view, it's a brilliant finish to the game because Rangers were in top form in their game. Four goals, 4-0, yep. double from Cholak against St Mirren, who looked completely different from the team that beat Celtic just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, well, it's different, obviously, yeah. when you're playing at St Mirren. It's a yeah. tighter pitch. Um, yeah. They had a game plan. Um, it wasn't... It was to sit off Rangers yeah. and try and frustrate them. But Rangers broke them down early. And as I said, there was some really... Good performances. Sholak obviously was double, but Fashion Sakala really impressed me. And he's through his, his hat into the ring. He maybe get a start in Wednesday night because um, he's not had a lot of game time this year. One thing he's got, he's got blistering pace. He did show a bit when he came on against Liverpool at Anfield, I thought. So did Matondo. And both of them, um, as I said, will be deep in the manager's thinking to maybe get a starting slot against Liverpool. And that goal, Morelos slipped it through to him and he took it so well. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, but um, I, again, it's one of the things in football that frightens defenders and that raw pace. Nice. And yep. they both players that I've mentioned, Sakala and Matondo, have got pre uh, pace. The only thing that frustrates me when I see them one-on-one, -on -one, I don't want to see them turning back. Go and attack them. Go and attack. Use your pace. They've done that against Liverpool and they've done it against St Mern, and I want to see that going forward. When you saw the team news that uh, Ryan Kent was on the bench, were you surprised? No, with, with the manager's comments and, and Friday that he, he's won more off Ryan Kent. I've says it. He doesn't produce it enough. He's certainly got the ability, Paul. He's a player I rate highly, but you want to see it on a more consistent basis. And um, the manager put that to him and now he needs to go and show that he should be in the, the starting eleven because he's still a big player for Rangers. But listen, Sakala and Matondo have, have took their chance certainly on Saturday. Peter. I think that's an important message to the rest of the players. It doesn't matter who you are. You have to perform. I think that's what football players have got to realise. They pick the team, not the manager. Because <laughs> nine times out of ten, you pick the team on the performances, whether it's in the training pitch or in the games. Very unusual is for a player who's playing exceptionally well to be left out of the team unless he's getting rested. 
you know. So I think it's good for the players because then they see it's only fairness that the manager's showing that if you're not producing the goods, you're going to be left out no matter whether you're Ryan Kent or Ryan Jack. It doesn't matter, you're not going to play. I think that's an important message he sent out. But I agree with Barry. I think the pace, it's a calibre or evening there. He was direct. Sometimes, and probably it's his strength, he doesn't know, look as if he knows what he's going to do. Yeah. And sometimes that can be strength. And probably then the biggest thing is his final thing he does because he gets into good situations. You know, he faces you up. But he's one of the guys I've always said to you, and we said I spoke about it a lot last year, that is he loves to be facing the game. As soon as he starts to think he's a player, come and join and link it, forget it. Just play the ball in the space and let him run. And Barry said, frightening. When anybody's got that amount of pace, it doesn't matter who you are. You know, it causes you a problem because it does give you a bit of concern. And especially with Liverpool, the way they play with their full-backs, they like their full-backs to bomb on. And it leaves spaces, obviously, up against Van Dyke, who can run. Sure. But... He's, he's, he's got that wee bit of magic that you think to yourself, I don't know what he's going to do. And that gives you a problem as a defender. There's my 5 3 2 out the window. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, to yeah. be honest with you, I, yeah. I agree with it. I've played with players that they don't really know what they're doing. And, and that that is the, the scary thing. That that's yeah, um, They cause so many problems. I think when he's got time to think, he struggles at times. But when the game, when he's facing the game, coming deep, I don't like it. I like when he's getting in behind because the, the pace he's got frightens defenders you know I'm going to ask you both for names give us a one player both of you that didn't quite know what he was going to do before your time I'm thinking of Ted McMinn that's before your the time man. Barry well, well, I played yeah. well, 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 against he, Ted many times oh, many times oh, 100% he wouldn't know where he was so, such yeah. a difficult opponent yeah. and Jock Wallace turned up to Seville in that as well you know but as I say Ted was he was so good he, because we didn't know what he was going to do and unfortunately Frank McGarvey who we talk about at this yeah, moment in time is on our thoughts and prayers but Frank was very much like that he was such a good striker and got a big move to Liverpool and whatever but Frank was very much like that you'd make a run off him or whatever and you didn't know what he was going to do he'd be twisting somebody inside out but you didn't know what he was going to do and Frank was one of that that I'd played with that's probably the closest I'd come but I remember playing against Ted and the manager's pre previous he didn't know how to mark him because you didn't know what he was going to do Barry, give us a name but I wouldn't say that he didn't know what he was going to do, but when he played in the team, we would tell him not to come and take the ball, just go in behind him as Peter Lovenkrantz. Yep. One of the fastest players I'd played, just go, you you would hit an area and he would make an average ball look good. Yep. And he caused defenders um, headaches with, with his raw pace in behind. And um, again, it's one of the ones where if he had to think about it sometimes, he wouldn't score. But if he was just, if you'd played that ball, he latched on it, bang would shoot and nine times out of ten it would hit the back of the net um, and I love playing with guys with raw pace yeah. and that's what we used to say to them every single time don't you come and get involved mm. just you play on the shoulder and we'll hit the area and he'll he, he would nine times out of ten he would catch the ball and you know what it's like defenders are automatically drop five yards yep. which gives the midfield a little bit more space you know Kyogo does it in a simple way for Celtic he stays two or three yards offside like Suarez did for Liverpool Stays that two or three yards offside, which defenders are always concerned about. They're always looking behind them. But then when you've got runners who can run, that is a problem. And the game is very much like that now. And Cuckoo, Barry's talking about can run like a deer. You know, he's lightning quick. You know, the boy plays at Shakhtar, lightning quick. You know, these guys cause you problems. It doesn't matter how far they are back the pitch. They can make it up so quickly. And that that is what you've got, as you say, as a defender, you've got to be switched on at all when you're playing against these guys at that level because that is the thing with pace that they can get you out of trouble, and especially if you've got football players around about them who can utilise that. And if they realise that's their strength, sometimes you see the guys with pace, as Barry says, want to come at the ball and get involved. No, no. 
just you face that way <laughs> and you'll cause everybody else a problem he was great he was great for a midfielder Peter Lovencrans I loved it you just used to dink it over the centre back or over the, the full back and as I said um, average looking balls <laughs> he would um, make into like a goal scoring opportunity and then obviously you would get assist off it <laughs> he, he, he was brilliant for I'd love to have played with somebody with PSN because yeah, yeah. a lot of my bad boys good ones <laughs> see for a, a couple of years he was an absolute fire for yeah. Rangers Peter Lovencrans because he came as a winger yes of course yeah. I remember yeah. and Big Alec end up putting him straight through the middle and see when he went straight through the middle he caused defenders nightmares so he did Champions League beckons tomorrow night RB Leipzig against Celtic 24 hours later Rangers against Liverpool and Peter before we go into the break uh, we were going to mention Frank McGarvey we're all thinking about him I know there's been a prognosis cancer his family have, have tweeted about it and uh, well you know him better than anyone as well as anyone I mean his last touch of the ball for Celtic he won the Scottish Cup in 1985 unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah. you know and as I say he was a fantastic guy funny guy as well unconscious comedian is how you describe Frank you know and God willing that everything goes well for them and him and the family Peter Grant Barry Ferguson Paul Cooney there's a lot to get through over the next hour and uh, 40 minutes we're back after this The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com your local friendly experts for new and used cars Let's go, go. It's the Go Radio Football Show Monday night tomorrow night we're on from 6 remember so we won't be here at 5 we'll be on at 6 it's Euronights coming live from the Radisson Red with Steen. We're looking forward to that. We'll do the podcast for later. And the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors will come from six tomorrow night until eight. And then it's the game. RB Leipzig, Peter Grant, you look excited already. But it's a massive game. We're going to talk about it more in a second or two. And then 24 hours later, we'll be back there for Euronights at the Radisson Red with Steen for Rangers against Liverpool. Battle of Britain 2 Liverpool will they be wounded by losing against Arsenal yesterday we'll speak to Barry and Peter shortly at the weekend well you know the scores by now Celtic winning 2-1 at St Johnson the late late goal from Gikamakis Hibs beating Motherwell by goal to nil they're on a roll Livingston nil Ross County won County getting their first win there for quite some time 10 years in fact Rangers 4 St Mirren nil a Cholak double Dundee United 4 Aberdeen nil what? Where did that come from when I saw that? Um, and Kilmarnock 2, Hearts 2. It was 2-1 until injury time and the Hearts got the equaliser. Tomorrow, it's going to be Celtic up against Leipzig. More from Ange Postacoglu now. He's speaking about uh, Matt O'Reilly and the position he played at the weekend given Callum McGregor's absence until, well, it's going to be after the World Cup. Yeah, it's an option there for sure. We, uh, you know, I thought he did well on the weekend. Um... Yeah, we've obviously got two or three options we can play there. So, again, it's more about just seeing how the guys pull up. Like, our session today was fairly light. Um, you know, I'll ever think about it overnight, but we've got two or three options. Um, but, you know, I thought on the weekend, you know, Matt and Morao and uh, Haksovanovic, uh, you know, looked uh, looked good as a threesome. But, uh, as I said, we've got some other options too. Peter, you expect those three again, Hatati, Haksovanovic, uh, as well as O'Reilly? Well, I played Matt there, and I yeah. played him there for a reason. It was because I, I thought he was a very good footballer. He had to get better at receiving the ball on his own. So I played well one in there and Matt played a lot of that at under 23 level for me. And he was only a young lad because I thought that's what he had to get better at. But the biggest concern for me is even still to this day is runners running off him. That would be my biggest concern because Matt's fantastic, wants to be creative. He's more that type but wants to go and join in and he's done exceptionally well that with Celtic. I think if he's going to play in there, he can't play him on his own. This is my opinion. Um, 
he'd have to play someone else side aside with him. Maybe Habs have a bitch in front, a tatty aside of him. That's fine. But him on his own doing the Callum role, I'm not sure that's 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 his forty. He's better further up the pitch um, and creating, allowing him to go in it. And I think he's done exceptionally well out with Celtic. But the manager season week in, week out, training, whatever. I'm talking about when I joined him then. That was my my big concern from as a midfield player was people running off him. And I think in Europe that's what they do a hell of a lot, and you have to be very very careful of that. And I think that's why that's a massive position for Celtic tomorrow night because of the pace that Leipzig have. So that was you up close with him at Fulham. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and now at Celtic, Barry, do you identify that? Do you see that in a right? Yeah. Well, he, he's better for me in the number ten position. Um, no doubt about it he's been a fantastic signing for Celtic um, no no doubt he's got real good qualities going forward it would be a worry for me and I'm looking at the three that could take over Abelgaard, Moy, McCarthy they're, what they're, what they think sitting on the bench that's their position um, so look you've got to have Matt O'Reilly on the team for me in the Celtic team because I think they're a better team but I, I think it may be one of the three um, that he goes with and um, Abelgaard I've not seen enough of him to, to give my honest opinion Moy for me is a terrific football player McCarthy he shows something in the last couple of games so I think he might go with either Moy or McCarthy and Matt O'Reilly further forward we, we obviously wanted him playing with Hattati Peter a lot of people spotted that that McCarthy he didn't look happy quite rightly when he was on the bench the other night and others who are just in the door were getting on I think the difference was there I think he'd played games the other boy Abelgaard if that's how you say it um, Abelgaard had played a lot of games recently mm-hmm. Um, at your previous club mm-hmm. so I think maybe the managers thought get game legs when am I going to get an opportunity to play him my only concern when I seen him playing he'd done some good things in the game when he came on but yeah again it didn't seem as if he was only going to play as that one because he looks as if he's played in a pair in there because sometimes he passed the ball on and then followed it and running and the middle of the pitch was empty and that's what you say that's fine Celtic being in that attacking mode all the time and I understand the manager their performance away from home have been the best Celtic performance I've seen for a long time because they've had a go to try and win the games So, but still you have to have that little bit of cuteness around about you because the centre backs must be sitting there like to themselves because I know if I was a centre back I'd be crying you know when no, nobody in front there are in that space there and, and I mean acres and that's what you've got to be very, the, the, the top teams notice that and that's why you get punished. And I felt Abelgaard done that a couple of times that he passed it and then followed the ball. See, see, that's going to be the, the issue for Celtic. Callum McGregor, he's intelligent. He plugs holes. He lets other people go forward and he, whether it's down the right side, he'll come in and, and be in that space where he can stop attacks coming. And that's where they're going to miss him big time, Callum McGregor, with his influence, not just on the ball, but off the ball. Yeah. He knows to play that, but knows how, sorry, to play that holding midfield role perfectly. Well, especially, Paul... If Celtic play with the full-backs the way they do, yeah. it's vital that hole's clogged. Mm. It's different if you hit up your back four in, sometimes you get away with it because you've still got four at the back. But Celtic play with two at the back, really. You know, so that pivot of the column is so, so important in that position. You've got to have that game intelligence. I mean, I watched the game yesterday that Casemiro made the mistake early on, but the things he'd done against the ball, he just moved to side, to side, and cut passes out, and then he creates a goal for Ronaldo, obviously doing the same thing. McGregor does that really well at sliding side to side because he never leaves the position empty. Mm-hmm. It's it, what they do off the ball. A lot of people absolutely. just really think what they do on it. It's actually what they do off the ball is just as important. Massive. And that's going to be a massive miss. So that's why I think he'll need to go with one of these three because Matt O'Reilly, for me, is, yeah, listen, he's a terrific football player. But as Granty had mentioned, he, he's not got that intelligence to sit there and plug the gaps where 
Callum McGregor does it. He's done it for instinctively. Celtic. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's his position. But these other three, Abogard, Moy, and McCarthy, have played that position previously. Here's a bit more from the manager who was speaking in the last hour. You no, know, it, it's still a process. I mean, I know people kind of you know, want to go through these steps really quickly. You know, you, you know, I think that the biggest take on us, oh, you, you, we've created a lot of chances, we haven't taken them. Is it just a matter of taking those chances? Well, yes, it is, but that doesn't happen one day to the next. And it's the same with winning games at this level. It doesn't happen one day to the next um, you know you need to grow you need to develop you need to have a real positive mindset in, in the way you go about things and give yourself opportunities for success if it was easily fixable then you'd see a lot more teams winning the Champions League but there's a reason the select few do and there's a reason you know select few get through and, and into the later stages but you've got to aspire to get there and I think this is the best way forward for us Peter it's interesting because the manager's right but what you've got to remember is Manchester City have been as good as anybody. But they've not won the Champions yeah. League. And they play this attacking style, they play the full-back similar to Celtic, all that sort of stuff, but they've not won the Champions League. Look at the Real Madrid game. The game's finished last year and they lose three goals. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It happened at home as well against Real Madrid. Yeah. So there is a time, that's why they're not... If you're talking about Manchester City, ridiculous have not been successful. They've spent a hell of a lot of money, a lot more than Celtic and all that. So you're talking about a quality sure. player completely. But the style of play, and probably that's the reason why they have not won it at the highest level, because they've been done on the counters. They've been playing two at the back. Some days you've got to say, right, this is where we have to do an adjust. The adjustment has to be there. Because if you don't, you don't win. Where Real Madrid were magnificent yeah. against the ball last year. But knowing they'd a punisher up front, you know, who could kill you. They had an electric place in the wide areas and they had a striker who never missed a chance last year, you know. And that is the difference. And as you say, the manager's right. I've been really impressed with Celtic's performances. They've turned the games to the opposition. They've tried to win every game they've played, whether it's Real Madrid, home or away. And uh, the European games, they've tried to do that. And it's great to see. But they've still got to have that. It's a bit of nose that you've got to, to turn these so-called good performances into victories. Into victories. Barry? Yeah, watching the game last week, I just thought at times they were too wide open. Because when you play at this level, Paul, it takes 10, 15 seconds for them to break, break you in a counter-attack. And that's what happened um, a number of times. But listen, Porster Coglu's got a way of playing. Yeah. He's not going to change it. I just think plan A or plan B? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do, do plan yeah. A better. That's yeah. what I think he thinks. Like, yeah. I've got a plan A, but do you know what? If it's not working, I'll do plan A better. Yeah, um, but I just think sometimes, whether it's a corner, whether they're attacking down the left or right, they're, they're easy to break on at times and but it, maybe it's different domestically and that's me no being disrespectful to other teams but when you're playing Champions League you're playing against the league you're playing yeah. against top well, players spoke about it week after week in here Celtic have given chance up in the league and got away with it yep. you know what I mean that that's we're talking about a different level here Celtic have been magnificent what they're doing but their performances but we're only picking on it because we're saying these are reasons why you can be losing because when you give a chance up against the better players the better teams at this level very rarely to get away with it I mean, if you're talking about last week, there was a fine line between losing another two or three goals. Of course, yeah. You know, the VAR, uh, yeah. the VAR situation, sure. that. So you but have to sometimes realise that. And Celtic had a couple of great chances as well, you yeah. know, with the way they played and tried to press, and it was great to watch. Mm. But as you say, unfortunately, when you're doing that attacking, you're going to lose something at the, at the back, and that's unfortunate what's happening. It was never going to change. No, he, no, and he, he says it. Yeah, he says sure. it, and he's yeah. open and honest. And, and listen, they've got a certain way of playing. 
And as I said, that game last week could have been 7-3, 7-4. Exactly. Yep. It was yeah. a great game to watch, wasn't it? That was, yeah, the, that was the take was, that people said. It was, but at Europe. times again, yep. just watching it, sometimes you're like, maybe they could have stopped. Like they switched off. Yeah, yep. they could have stopped some of the, the breakaways from um, Leipzig. But well, it was it, unfortunate for Callum, wasn't it? Mm, yeah, he made the error, course. which is very unusual for him. Got I the thought injury. he could have, yep. uh, knowing Callum, been watching him for a number of years, I thought he could have maybe took a foul. Maybe I've fouled mm-hmm. him. I think he was caught in two minutes when the ball came mm-hmm. in. Whether he put it straight back in or take a touch and push it wide. Yeah. And I think that's sometimes you get caught at But that's what we're saying when you're at elite level. Sometimes you get away with it back here. And that's yeah. not being disrespectful to the players back here. That's just fact. You know, you get away with it. But these boys don't. They punish you and all of a sudden. They're at your goalkeeper. You know, and that's the difference. We're going to turn to the Rangers game in a moment. But let's hear one more just now from Ange Postacoglu speaking today about tomorrow's game. If you look at both clubs sort of approach. Um, they like to be fairly direct and, and quick with their football and um, you know, I don't expect them to sit back at all and you know, looking at the group as well, both teams probably it's a game where a win uh, is going to be fairly significant So, and the nature of both football clubs. I don't know about an open game but I think it'll be a you know, pretty quick game and uh, it'll be exciting. It'll be a quick game, won't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think it will be an open game. I think there's going to be goals because Celtic attack, so they... Um, Leipzig they, they play pretty similar um, so don't be surprised if this is something crazy 3 each or 3-2 to Celtic or 3-2 to Leipzig because yeah. um, of the way both of the teams are set up both managers are really attack minded so I, th- I think it's going to be wide open <laughs> I'm going to ask both of you in the next hour and a half the fans will they play a part you know on Wednesday night play a part for Rangers and for you Peter how's the voice for tomorrow night for the ready to go. for the Celtic choir because ah, you know Modric said the other week he praised the Celtic um, support for the atmosphere when Real Madrid came to town well there's no doubt the fans helped win games there's absolutely no doubt of that that's a fact I mean I go back to the time they weren't there when we played Atletico Madrid we had a fantastic result Madrid and they can play behind closed doors and we lost the first game for a long time 2-1 at home and as I say, it just shows you how important it is. I go back to the season they lost the league. They had no fans in the stadiums, yep. you know. And it shows you how important fans are to everybody, for every team. You know, everybody wants their supporters in the, the building to help them because they are. That's what they are, their supporters. They're the most important people. That's what you're out there to entertain. And when you're not playing well at times, sometimes they're the one that gives you that wee lift or that wee boost, you know. And they'll be looking forward to the game. It'll be like a middleweight boxing match. Yep. That's where you're looking. One of these top quality middleweight boxing matches, having a go at each other who's trying to knock each other out. Because I think that's how important the game is. It's a, it's a knockout match near enough. For, for sure. And Barry, for sure. Uh, Wednesday night. <laughs> Under the lights at Ibrox, they've got a huge reputation last year all the way to the final. Uh, can the fans play a part? Yeah, listen, no doubt about it. Lucky enough to play many a times in the Champions League. And listen, it's a, a, just a different noise, a different atmosphere. And you see both um, Rangers and Celtic when clubs come to play them. They speak to the players after the game and they've never experienced atmospheres like it. And Liverpool are coming up. They've played top-level football since... Well, since I've started playing football, basically, so they, they're going to, they know what they'll, they'll be in for. Van Dijk obviously experienced it before. Um, I'm, I'm sure some of the players previously have played up here, but listen, these are the nights that under the lights, a wee bit of drizzle on the pitch, the pitch is slick. <laughs> yeah, I, I, they're, the, they're the ones. These are the games you miss. These are certainly the games you miss once you retire. There's nowhere like it. Who's going to be playing for Rangers on Wednesday night up front? What about Cholak? Here's the manager. I said before, I'm looking, you know, game by game, but you know his performances are, are really good, and uh, so I'm really happy with his with his input uh, today because he was again, as you said, two goals. So 
you know, they have to make it really difficult for, for me to, uh, to not pick them. That's what you want from your players, and uh, that's what Antonio is doing at the moment. There's the word on picking them, Barry. Is he going to play both? Yeah, I don't be surprised if he does. Because um, I, I do, look, it's going to be a tough ask for Rangers, but they need to get something out of the game. Because I think the, the Ajax game, I don't think Ajax will beat Napoli, I don't think they'll beat Liverpool. So I think it'll come down to Rangers need to at least get a point. And then Ajax obviously come um, to Ibrox. And Ajax are not in great form since obviously they beat, um, they beat Rangers over in Amsterdam. So don't be surprised if the two of them are up top. But again, I, I can't second guess just now Gio's yeah. team. Just now. He's, he's, he's mixed it up. Yeah, but listen, players have come in now and they've, they've, um, they've showed the manager that they want to play. Sholak, for me, I mean, the amount of goals the guy scored, listen, he, knows, he certainly knows where the back of the net is. Here's and the... as I said, Sakala, really impressive. We, coming on at Liverpool, really impressive again at the weekend and so was Matondo. Here's GVB, how is he going to approach the game on Wednesday? Positive approach, you know, playing away against Liverpool, you know, it means you, you have to be in the game. I think we started the way we started to make sure we don't uh, get the early goals against us. Try to to react from uh, from a low block, and I think second half was started very positive. You know we were going forward a lot more. Try to keep the pressure on them. Of course the penalty killed that. It's obviously if we want to you know continue our run in Europe, we have to get something out of the game uh, on Wednesday, and that of course also means you have a you have to have a different approach. Peter, the scoreline two 0 Anfield is far from an embarrassment. So can Rangers get at least a point? On Wednesday, they'll have to play better. I, yeah. I was disappointed with him. I must admit, at Anfield, you know, I didn't think they, I didn't think they retained the ball well enough. I know it's very, very difficult, but when they got the ball, they gave it away. And when any Morelos it wasn't sticking, you know, wasn't getting them up the pitch, you know. And I expected more from them in that respect. They did better the second half, as I say. I thought they were much better, much more positive. Um, that's why I would I wouldn't definitely not start with two strikers tomorrow night if I was him. Uh, Wednesday night, sorry, I wouldn't start with the two strikers because I think Liverpool are too good. If you give it play with the two strikers, it could end up with the two strikers if you've got to go for it. But I think to start with, I would have somebody like Arfield who has a goal threat more than a striker because I don't think any of the two strikers play that number 10 position or drop in that position well enough. Barry, let's hear what else he had to say about his attacking options. Well, I think this, that's what we want against against opponents who will, who will sit deep form a really defensive block. It was very important for us to make use of the speed we have on the wings and, and the one-against-ones and the runs they can make behind defense. Of course, the early goal helped because then, you know, they have to come out a little bit more, which they did in the second half. You want your, your attackers to, uh, you know, to be dangerous every moment they, they can be and today they, they showed that. OK, that was him talking about the game with St Mirren, but Liverpool in town? Yeah, as I said, Paul, you've got to be respectful of what you're coming yeah. up against, albeit they're not having the best of seasons, but they're still a high-quality team with, with, for me, some world-class players in the team. Um, I watched their game yesterday against Arsenal. It looks of like Trent Alexander-Arnold's going to be out. Diaz as well, who's a big player for them. Um, so that they've got a few injury problems, but listen, under the lights, you're at home... Gio says they need to be positive. They need to get something out of the game if they've got any hope of staying in, in Europe. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But whatever 11 he picks, they need to have the game of their lives. They do. They need to bring their A game to get something out of it. Klopp's spoken about the shattered confidence. I mean, it's their worst start in, what, 10 years uh, in the Premier League, Peter. Does that mean anything when they come to Glasgow on Wednesday? doesn't mean anything, but... 
Well, no football players. People, I mean, it's a terrible saying. People say, oh, team, you've got to play with confidence. Everybody, players, all players need yeah. to be playing with confidence. And it's very difficult to give them that. You know, you can only bring that back yourself, whether that's making a good pass, a good tackle, you know, scoring a goal, whatever. It doesn't matter. And when the, the whistle goes, that's when you've got to produce it because we can all talk about it. But the manager can't give you that. Your performances give you that. The team struggled. I've been disappointed in Alexander, obviously, because the, the same mistakes he keeps making you know, is getting caught out all the time. And we talk about Celtic playing their full-backs high. And it's a problem that I believe Liverpool have got. You know, they've not defended that particularly well. And teams have seen it a little bit. And in the Premiership, you don't get away with it. You've seen Martelli, as you call him, for Arsenal Martelli. yesterday. Yep. Yesterday, ran away from him for the goal. You know, just ran away because he was sleeping. And I think that's what Liverpool have done poorly. You know, they've not been aware when the ball's changed over. And they've got away with it a long time because they've depended on Van Dijk, whose pace is phenomenal. But he's not been having the best of times. So they, they sort of things, but you can't rate Liverpool off with the top quality players they have. Barry says Rangers will have to play at their best and Liverpool have to be playing the way they've been playing, you know, for Rangers to get an opportunity. But going to Ibrox with a full house and the way they proved it last year, anything's possible. Yeah, they, they need to make it uncomfortable. Yeah, for absolutely. absolutely. They, they need to be in their faces and, and, and make them frustrated. Because um, I've seen it happen before. I've been, I've played in games where yeah. you're coming up against top quality teams. You've got to play a certain way. But the thing that we had to go out was make sure it was un uncomfortable for them, frustrate them. Um, and once you do that, the fans will get behind you. And you never know what could happen in the game. You did it against uh, Messi, Iniesta, Javi, didn't you? When you played Barcelona, you made it ugly. Yeah, Henri. Yeah. They, they had some unbelievable Henry. players. And, and they, listen, <laughs> they say it. Yeah. He says it was anti-football but yep. Walter put us out with a game plan and, and do you know what <laughs> it worked because you could sense it in the game Granny. I'm yep. not, see after 20-25 minutes you could see them bickering with each other you could see them having a wee pop at the referee because you know it's like they get past you a wee tug of the jersey or you, you leave a, a boot in but sometimes that's what you've got to do to try and get a result and that's what I think Rangers have got to do to Liverpool VAR could be on its way this month before the World Cup. We're going to take a break. We're back with Gar, Go Radio's assistant referee. That's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Thanks, Chris, for the traffic and travel as we head towards six o'clock. G-A-R, the go-assisted referee on the Go Radio Football Show with joejunk.co.uk. The right decision when it comes to same-day rubbish removal. Yep, Paul Cooney here with Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant. We're taking your calls 0808 17 17 700 and it's busy on the socials as well at Go Football Show. Some of the headlines today, Jota missed training this morning for Celtic, but Ange Postacoglu not yet ruling him out of the game tomorrow night against RB Leipzig, who are now in town. And for Rangers, who's going to play up front? Could it be Cholak and Morellas again? Cholak on fire at the weekend, two goals in the 4-0 win for Rangers. VAR itself could be with us later this month, so they're just about ready, they've been trialling it. So as well as Gar here on a Monday night, we could have VAR itself. Barry, what are you making that VAR coming, well, maybe in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I think the quicker it comes in, um, the, the better. I, I think the referees are thinking that. Mm. I think they're just desperate to get it in for their, their, themselves. Um, so, yep, it's meant to be coming in after the, the break. Paul, correct me if I'm wrong yep. there. Um, December time. So, but it yep. could be in this month. So, that's 
I suppose good news for the referees. It's Peter. Still a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> it's a disaster down south, even at the weekend again. It was a nightmare, you know. Yeah. Listen, see the, see the Arsenal one. I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't, and that's what I'm saying. From one week to the next week. But the thing I don't, I, I love goal celebrations when guys score goals, the supporters join in. Yeah. You're waiting five minutes. All the players do now, as soon as they score, they look up at a screen to see if there's any question marks. They don't know, can't celebrate. And that's part of football. The fans are going mental. And then you're sitting there for five minutes and the goals could chalked off. But I thought they got a hell of a lot of decisions wrong again at the weekend. So I'm definitely against it. I always said, goal line technology, yes. I'll get all, all day long. But the rest of it, rubbish. See, in terms of Arsenal yeah. on with a handball, I mean, uh, previous couple of weeks I've seen penalties Absolutely. given for that. <laughs> and then... I'm thinking, right, that's a penalty at Liverpool and they don't get the penalty. Mm-hmm. So, uh, listen, it's it's all over the place at time, in terms of people making decisions. But I know what you're going to ask me now. I would say who would be a referee? <laughs> Nick Welsh, for example, you the referee uh, the Rangers uh, game at the weekend. Oh, it was a definite Sinari. penalty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's Joe Junk this week from the Rangers news. No, no it's uh, not so a penalty. It's not a penalty, is it? No, Declan Gallagher's... Uh, I watched so, it three yeah. or four times and it's difficult to get the, the kind of where the cameras are but look I, I watched it more and more I watched it not no a penalty for me Peter you saw it as well I mean I, I watched it a few times what do you think I'm going to see I've got well an some honest th- opinion some yeah. things never change yeah. <laughs> so you think Nick Welsh was right oh, <laughs> no well, it was ridiculous no. you know yeah. but, but as I say it's happened but that's been party football mistakes getting made and wrong decisions being made that, that's what makes it what it is and I know it's because of the money that's involved now with teams getting relegated or missing out in Champions Leagues and whatever I understand all that but I don't know what the referee's on the pitch for now because they can make a wrong decision they just change it right okay thanks yeah. very much for me if they shout down it's a penalty or it's not a penalty end off that's it but it, go and check when they know it's a stone waller or something yeah. like you better go and check the VAR over there oh, God, no, Mike, he's another five minutes. Mm. You know, and we're talking so, about the game being quicker. So, Barry, why did he give it then? Because he couldn't see it properly. Could he look to his assistant yeah, referee? When, uh, when I was watching it, I, th- I thought he could have maybe been closer to the to the ball, Nick Walsh, in mm. terms of where he was um, situated on the pitch. The linesman, or the assistant referee, sorry, you've got to call them now. You're not allowed <laughs> yep. to call them um, linesman. The benefit of doubt for him, I think he was blocked, Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me I, I think you've got to look at the way Declan Gallagher was tackling where the ball went and for me he has he has took the ball Declan Gallagher but you think there's a lot of referees now and it, well sorry used to be a lot of referees Paul didn't allow the linesman to make a decision yeah. if it was a penalty kick they didn't want that help because they felt on the Monday or the Saturday evening when it was shown on television whatever they'd be crucified if the linesman had put his flag up the referee automatically gave the penalty so they said I will make all the penalty decisions I'm not saying that's what happened at the weekend mm. but that I know for a fact that's what referees used to say to the linesman do not make a decision on a penalty. What does Nick Walsh learn from that then, Barry? Would you say? Get closer to the plate? I mean, he's a young, fit referee. Yeah, but listen, remember, he's only human, Paul, and they've got a split second to make a decision. You know I mean? I feel for the referees at times, they come in for some amount of criticism. He thought it was a penalty. He's probably going to look back on it and, and listen, think, no, do you know what? I got that one wrong. I think if you asked Nick Walsh himself, um, I think he would... That would be his answer. He would give you, uh, give you, Paul. But, but you look yeah. at that then, Paul. Barry said earlier on there about the penalty kick with the Arsenal. Yeah, right. Said a couple of weeks ago he's seen penalty kicks given. That is the problem. From one week to the other, it's completely different, and that's why the referees don't know. That's what it looks like. The, the, the punters don't know. The players don't know. So nobody knows, and that's with VAR. 
Mm-hmm. So I just think it's, it's a problem that I felt when it came in at first it was always just going to be goal line technology. I thought that's what it was going to be. And that other one that you let somebody run for 20 minutes after he's been offside playing on, they're waiting on a horrendous injury there. It nearly happened last week, I think it was. The goalkeeper ran into the player and they still allow that to go on instead of just putting their flag up right away, he's offside and st- stop that hassle. So, VAR for me, a no goal. That's it, another rule that really annoys me. Which absolutely. one? They're offside, they're, they're, they're about <laughs> yeah. three or four yards offside, they, they let the play continue. It's madness. Yeah, there could, there could be an injury because yeah. if a defender's obviously thinking, oh, do you know what, I can't take a chance here, yeah. he's sprinting back and he could lunge in and he, mm. you don't know what could happen Absolutely. There. Connor Shields was sent off, Motherwell player at Hibs. Uh, the right decision, he pulled Ryan Portis mm-hmm. back, Barry. Yep. You saw it as well. There's no mm-hmm. question, is it? Yeah, That's not... Yeah, it's... Yeah. VAR's not going to yep. change that. It was the no. right decision, wasn't it? Everybody yep. doesn't know now, Paul, because you're saying somebody's on the right-hand side, the left-hand mm-hmm. side. That's the problem you've got. And if, uh, they've got to make a decision. See if you're through and goal and you get pulled back. It's like the one running for the halfway line. See if somebody just draws the boot off them. Mm-hmm. I still think they should be sent off. Because mm-hmm. that's an injury. If it's a tug and he's a last man and it's a professional foul, I, I, I can understand that one. But somebody just drawing the boot off you and making no attempt to the ball, I think that's an automatic red card, no matter if there's 10 men behind the ball. Dramatic pause. <laughs> don't know why it's not playing out of this. <laughs> oh, you're looking at a decision. <laughs> the go-assisted referee on the Go Radio Football Show with joejunk.co.uk. So that's can the, I just say that I was the goal line technology didn't <laughs> quite work there. I, Sorry. I don't think it made a difference to the result. I, I no, thought Rangers sure. were clearly yeah. on top and, and creating a, a, a number of chances um, against it, man. Because I did read I, a few comments that it could have changed the game. I very much doubt it. I don't think you don't think that Peter do you Rangers no. were uh, well, they were on form you would yeah. expect Rangers to go and especially I was quite surprised I thought St Man would have had more of a go and I know that's I think and it's easy for me to say sometimes you go and I go I've done it with them and I went stupidly and went I tried to attack Rangers we were 3-0 down in 20 minutes or something like that you know 4 nothing down so you can have it either way you can sit in and just hope you're going to get away with it and make it 2 nothing or something fine and I made the wrong decision that night but I can understand Stevie doing it that way but I always thought Rangers were going to win the game You should have impressed me St Man, yeah. this season mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I said at the start of the season I thought they would have they would have struggled um, well, I watched them Barry the, yeah. the last the game against Airdrie as I said to you and I, I was concerned because it was hard for Stevie because the fans were on right away and as I said, that was a cup competition. You know what it's like. And he's running a league programme and great credit to him. The, the team have done fantastic. We all picked up fantastic results. We're going to go through all the games in the next hour with the score predictor. I think our friend Ross didn't get it all right though as Kevin did this time last week. Remember, we gave yeah. away 1200 pounds all in. So you could be on this Friday. This is go.co.uk. I know. Well, let's see. I mean, I've never I, seen Dun United... Batten Aberdeen 4 0. Who did? Yeah, again, Ross County, who had a yeah. terrible result mm-hmm. during the week to Motherwell, go to Livingston, which is a, a proper hard place to get a result and, and come away with a, a 1 0 victory. So, some strange results. The Dundee United scoreline is does that uh, tell you about the manager being in the stand, Jim Goodwin? That's the first of six games he's going to miss, or is that too easy uh, an analysis? But could that have affected? Aberdeen. Of course it does because the time you send a message down from the stand to whoever's on the side of the pitch it's difficult because that you've lost that flow of that whereas the manager's standing there he's already shouting it on so that's the only thing you can give them credit say to the players but you still expect them to pin a better performance give Dundee United credit if they'd been at the start of the season you could probably expect it because you thought Dundee United made some good experience signings and at that but now the season started I never expected that result especially the way things have been going 
But what about Jim Goodwin's ban? Six games and two games suspended. What do you feel? I think it's far too harsh. Why did they do it? Because I think if you listen to his, his interview, yeah, he's angry and he's frustrated, but he's just giving his honest opinion. Now, what are managers, do they just want managers to go out and say nothing Probably after the yes. game? Maybe yes. So well, it's pointless what, managers doing interviews in well, North that, Korea. That, exactly, well, yeah. that's exactly what I said a few weeks ago. You want referees to come out and speak after the game? What, what, what chance have you got a referee coming out and speaking after the game now if this is what's going on? Jim made a point, that's what he felt about Ryan Porteous. That's his opinion. Unless you're derogatory and they're respected, that's football talk, that's saying somebody's a cheat on the football pitch. He doesn't mean he's a cheat in life or whatever. He's talking about on the football pitch and that's the way it was. And if that's what Jim thinks, he should be allowed to say it. Mm. And at the end of the day, that's the reason why he said it because there's a reason behind it. But if you want referees to talk, you want managers to speak, if not, we're just going to be bored to tears listening to everybody because everybody's going to say the same thing. But what do you think? Should managers be allowed to speak? We think they should and they have to watch their language, we'd agree. Of course. But, yeah, but I, I just think watching it, Jim was just giving his yeah. honest opinion. I, yeah. I don't think he was seriously having a pop. Granted, right, it was about football. It wasn't about anything apart from that so. game. Absolutely. But he was having a, a, a pop at Ryan Portis. So for me to get eight games, two games suspended, I think was harsh. But if you remember the interview, he actually said, I can't think of the word at this moment in time. He said, I'll say cheat. And that's exactly yeah. what he said because he, he stopped himself because he knew there was a possibility going to get into trouble. But he didn't think eight games, six plus two. He doesn't deserve anything. You know, and I'm not saying that because what? I know what the type I was anyway. I, I know that. But I'd expect any manager... You'd want to hear that sitting at the side. That's what the manager feels. But if we say that and then all of a sudden what we're going to get from the manager, I better not say too much because I'm going to end up in trouble. Well, but I'd like to know what you're going to think or what you're thinking, but we're not allowed to do that. So I'm not allowed to say anything. So that gives you where the problem is. Yeah, you're going to have managers know giving their honest opinion after a game and then we'll all say why are they not uh, speaking out? exactly yep. we need to go for the news that's an hour up already 0808 17 17 700 Peter Grant and Barry Ferguson there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire from one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail Macklin Motors Toyota opens this October in Hamilton we're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first class service so come and view the stunning new Toyota range all with up to 10 years warranty including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota opens Monday October the 17th at Whistlebury Road, Hamilton. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! The headlines at just after six. Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant here on the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Jota didn't train with Celtic this morning. What's the story? Here's Ange Postacoglu. Yeah, was, like I said, he pulled up sore on the weekend and yeah, we just have to sort of assess it. It's a quick turnaround in games, so usually second day we've usually got a couple missing anyway, but uh, obviously with the game tomorrow we've got to make a decision. He knows it's a massive game. Everyone does tomorrow night. RB Leipzig in town. A game Celtic must win if they are to progress in the Champions League. I don't think I've ever gone into a game not thinking it's a must win. I think if I came to this football club and thought, well, you know, today it doesn't really matter if we win or not, um, it wouldn't go down too well. Um, you know, from, from the context of the group, it's pretty tight when you look at it sort of beyond obviously Real Madrid have started you know, well in the group so you know they're, they're obviously a bit more comfortable but for the other three teams um, you know we've still got two home games um, 
Others have only got one home game, so every result you get puts a bit of pressure on the opposition. But again, for us, what's important is that we we, we go out tomorrow night and put in a strong performance and, and give ourselves a chance for success. That's the first thing, you know. You can't just you know hope for these things to happen. You've got to put yourself in a position where you can be successful. Celtic finished off at the weekend. 2-1 winners over St. Johnson. Stay top of the table. Two ahead of Rangers. Rangers, a 4-0 win over St. Mirren. Cholak and Morellis, well, were both in contention. Cholak scored twice. As I said before, I'm looking, you know, game by game, but, you know, his performances are, are really good. And uh, so I'm really happy with his, with his input uh, today because he was, again, as you said, two goals. So... You know, they have to make it really difficult for, for me to uh, to not pick them. That's what you want from your players and uh, that's what Antonio is doing at the moment. It's going to be some decision for him. Barry, we've talked about it in the first hour. The big news is Leipzig in town now. Liverpool will be here tomorrow for Wednesday. Yeah, listen, in, in terms of Rangers, I think Gio knows they need to be positive, Paul. They need to try and take something from the game. But also you've got to be mindful that who you're up against, um, the quality that they've got in areas where they can seriously damage you. Um, so mm-hmm. if he's going to go, whether that's two up top or whether he's going to change the formation about, who knows, but it's clear that they need to get something out of the game if they want to progress in, into Europe. And Peter, you heard Ange Postacoglu there. He's also been speaking about the Callum McGregor and that's a big blow. I said before, you know, it's, it, I guess with Callum, you know, when we're talking about the things we were talking about, he's one that has that experience at this level. He knows what's required to win a game, even at Champions League level and, you know, at international level. So he's used to that sort of environment. He thrives in it. Now, you can't replace that because that you can only learn uh, by experiencing it. So, you know, there's that's where we're going to have to, you know, just get other guys to, to hopefully uh, take a leap forward and, and, and show that sort of, um, I guess, experience that, that maybe doesn't exist right now in that kind of environment. But in terms of our style of play, I still think, you know, we have players within the group that, you know, we can compensate with for, for missing Callum. Peter Grant, what do you take from that? I disagree slightly because I don't think you can replace Callum McGregor. You know, I think that's the problem. He's got good players, you know, but he's not got Callum McGregor. I mean, he's robust. He's, the experiences the manager spoke about, the amount of games he's played at the, the highest level now, you know, the amount of times he turns out week in, week out. He plays in the national games, he plays them all, you know, and he's just one of these guys that you feel as if, and we spoke about it at the start of the season, if it was one position we were a little bit concerned if they did pick up an injury, who was similar to Callum and we just never found one of them, even in all the boys that have come in and who are very good players, but they're not Callum McGregor and we always thought that was maybe the one. And they are difficult to replace because they're predominantly your most pivotal player and very rarely do you get another one who's wanting to come and play second fiddle to somebody like Callum McGregor because he plays 60 games near enough each season. You know, So it's very difficult. To, so you can understand that with the manager. He has other players there and I agree with Barry. He's got three guys who play that position. I think it's got to be one of the three that play it more than a Matt O'Reilly because I think that is the job that Moy and that do more or better than what Matt does at it because Matt's better at going and trying to create and seeing things and seeing that final pass but for that deeper level he's not got that experience to cut things out and in the, intern- uh, sorry, the Champions League level you have to be able to cut things at source and I don't think Matt's got that knowledge to do that or that understanding of that position Is it well. Aaron Moy then for you? Well you've got... Uh, <laughs> Albada, how you say yeah. his name, you know, I think he's played games. 
I don't know if the manager thinks Moyes played enough games. And I, I'm just a bit concerned. I think that's the only reason that he'd maybe think he, he's games in his leg and would he play him there. I think he maybe go with Atati early uh-huh. and yeah. play Hibzovanovic in front of them. Barry, what do you reckon? In, in terms of Callum McGregor, I think he's irreplaceable. He's, mm. he's so important um, to Celtic. Um, on the pitch, off the pitch, he, he's a, a massive influence and he, he, he's their most important player, Paul. Without a doubt, I've said it plenty of times, yeah. and he's grew into the the position. He's grew into be a, a real leader at Celtic, obviously taking over the captaincy. But again, these things happen in football. You do lose your best players at times, whether that's through suspensions or injuries. Callum's going about now until Christmas, so now it's up to one of these three to come in, and whoever he picks need to go and show that they're capable of, of taking over for, for Callum the next um, couple of months because it's a it's one of the most important positions in the, in the team for me, that holding midfielder. Because, um, as I said, the way certainly Celtic play with the full-backs mm. and everybody interchanging and 100 mile an hour going going forward, Callum was that pivot in the middle of the pitch with the two centre-backs and he kind of controlled everything for there. So it's up to Abelgard, a Moy or a McCarthy. But out of the three, I've got to be honest with you, McCarthy, the last couple of games, um, has shown that he's still there to fight and try and get into the into the Celtic team Frank's been on the socials at Go Football Show saying it's McCarthy for him mm. he's shown that appetite I, I can the see bite. why yeah. I, I thought he was really good when he came on against Leipzig and again mm. St Johnson I think he'd be disappointed last week at Leipzig when Apple uh, Abelgard Appleyard, I was about to say there. <laughs> they called him something different. I saw on Sky, much as I love Crocs, he called him something else, Abel Gray or something. Yeah, Were you saying Abelgard? And I thought yeah. maybe McCarthy's looking and think, yeah. what, what chance have I got? But he got that 10 or 15 minutes and I thought he, he, he showed a bit and again against St Johnson at the weekend. So at this moment in time, listen, Foster Coggle will make a decision. Um, but who it's going to be, there's three players that play that position. It'll be interesting to see who he picks tomorrow. We've got to talk about the European draw as well. We've got Spain. We've got Norway. Erling Haaland will be coming to town. Uh, Cyprus and Georgia. We'll speak about that shortly. Um, but let's look back at the weekend. The score predictor on the Go Radio Football Show with Clydebelt Home Improvements. Specialists in all aspects of UPVC windows and doors. Well, Barry, Mark and I were on on Friday. It was Ross who was on the line, but he didn't win as Kevin did last week. So it's still up for grabs. You could win, well, 250 this weekend, 100 for coming on and another 150. If you get it right, this is go.co.uk. I think it'd be very difficult for anyone to get it right. St. Johnson won Celtic 2. That maybe didn't surprise. Hibs won Motherwell nil. Livingston nil, Ross County 1, Rangers 4, St. Mirren nil, Dundee United 4, Aberdeen nil, and then the late game Sunday, Kilmarnock were two up against Hearts. Hearts came back right at the end, 2-2. Uh, well, we start there, Barry, why not? Kilmarnock against Hearts. It would have been a great week for Dell, wouldn't it, if he'd taken all the points? Yeah, he had a big win during the week um, against St Johnson. And he, he'll be he'll be gutted losing a goal um, the last kick of the ball. Because um, when you get into the, the 90 or so minute, you, you want to make sure you, you get over the line. Um, so he'll be he'll be gutted at no getting the three points but listen Hart showed a bit of character Paul, after a, a tough game they had yeah. against Fiorentina because I thought Fiorentina were a right good team I know they're where are they sitting 10th or 11th yeah. in mm-hmm. Serie A but you could see they were a quality team Fiorentina I've read they left the dressing room a bit of a mess but they said there wasn't yeah. any hot water well they are in Edinburgh you've got to leave <laughs> the dressing room in a, a decent yeah. you've, I, I, when you walk in you've got to leave it the way you found it for me and you've seen the pictures 
It's an absolute mess. It was. Um, it was like your bedroom. Thank you. How, do, how <laughs> oh, would you know? Oh, steady. <laughs> uh, Peter, what about Kelly then? Uh, oh, can we get back to that conversation? No. Got a clue about that. Living room then. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Peter, <laughs> uh, what about Kilmarnock though? Overall, a good week for them to get the win the other night. Absolutely. Listen, Derek's experience will tell you, you know, it gets them through games. And we've said that right from the start of the season. Out with Celtic and Rangers, there's a piece of paper between everyone else. You know, none of the results surprise you. You know, scorelines will surprise you. Like Dun United scoring four in Aberdeen. I didn't expect that. Mullerwell have been doing very well under Stevie Hamill. You know, you Hibs have had a wee bit of form. You know, so there's wee things like that. But Ross County, by all accounts, have been playing well and then end up losing five. You're and just you... running through them all. Absolutely. <laughs> can you not get a job in football? Can we not get you to West Brom again or something? <laughs> That'd be nice. Can, can I say one thing about Hearts? They're missing Halkett and Boyce. Yeah, you could tell. They, yeah. They're two big players oh, for them. Massive, I, I think, massive, I think Halkett at the, the back's been excellent for them. And, and Liam Boyce up top. Mm. I mean, I've, I've always liked Liam Boyce. It's funny, the boy that scored Stephen Humphreys. Yep. He played along with Matt and Mo, Mo Jens and my team at Fulham. Did he? Yeah. Wow. He was, yeah. Stephen was there, goal scorer, strong. <laughs> he should really achieve a lot more in his game because he's got everything. He's really powerful, he's good right, left foot, he's quick. You know, sometimes wow. it's, it's between the ears. He looks technically down. really no, good. Oh, really good, really oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Great finisher, strong as a bull, very yeah. quick. But sometimes he lets down himself, you know, he just needs more. He needs to do it every single day in training. He's one of the players you think he's so much more to give. I love it. He's been at so many different clubs. Um, the story was Kel Lafferty scored the second for Kilmarnock. Chris scored, Stokes scored first minute of the second half. And the second one, it was Craig Gordon slipped on the surface. It's just, no, I haven't, no. Yeah, I actually horrendous. think his studs get caught in the, the surface. Mm. That's what it looked to me when I when I seen it. It's very unlike him. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he slipped. But you've you seen him when the, the ball get put in the back of the net, you're just looking at the, the yeah. surface now. Look, I get it, but for me, Premier League football, it's got to be grass. Got to be grass. football in the country, it's yeah. got to be grass. The biggest problem, Barry, is financially, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Because what I say, when it is on training grounds and the respect that they can train on it, and sometimes that's the problem because they're on it all the time. Yeah. You know, then the community can use it, and that is the problem. But I can understand it because some of the, the football clubs, some of the training facilities they used to use, ridiculous you know what I mean so for Premier League clubs so I, I understand Arrowfield. clubs making money oh dear dear it was brilliant down there Paul brilliant story 10 o'clock every morning yeah. the, the council van used to drive round they used to bring all the tyres off and just as we were ready to start training they would set the tyres on fire so all the smoke would be billowing across and the boys would get by pumping the horns with other Rangers flight and scarves on that <laughs> 10 o'clock every morning alright guys waving at us and we couldn't breathe for about an hour and a half Barry did you ever work for the council as a young lad <laughs> <laughs> so Ross I think you, that was moment. <laughs> <laughs> Ross you went for Hearts uh, so it ended up the draw there right Dundee United Aberdeen we touched on it earlier Ross went for Aberdeen and I think well what did you go for Barry did you go for the Dons I went for Aberdeen you did yeah, yeah and, I did. and why not so for Dundee United looking at their performance it's uh, good to start the season for them yeah well he, he had his first Fox had his first game yeah. last week against St Johnson um, get beaten that one but that was a, a big one for him and as a new manager you want to go off to a um, you want to get a win as quickly as possible and that, that's a brilliant victory a brilliant three points um, for Dun United because they were starting I mean only two points they had and you look at their squad for me I think they should be a, a, a few levels a, a above in terms of positional sense um, so yeah that was a big three points for Dun United but that was a, a poor performance yeah. by Aberdeen I watched the highlights um, yep. they looked all over the place. Mm. 
as he's Behic got his first goal for the club then Tony Watts his first time strike before half time Jamie McGrath with a penalty and then Ross McCrory um, it was like the Celtics own goal from the week before yeah. wasn't it yeah. it was that you know Juranovic with the keeper it was it was exactly the same if you didn't see it for Dundee United could they get to a, a position mid-table I think with the signings they made at the start of the season that's yeah. what they were hoping for they were trying to get in that top six I had no doubt of that you know that's what they were looking for you thought it was going to get back to the way it used to be like mm. the Celtics or Angels yeah. the, the Hearts, Hibs Dundee United, Aberdeen that was the way it was going to be and then everybody else would follow in um, so they'd have been disappointing but were all surprised because obviously they thought Jack was a really good appointment for them then they had that fantastic result at home in Europe and then went away and ever since the European game away disaster struck for everybody um, and they just never seemed to go over that but what a fantastic result as you say never seen that coming even if they'd beat them 1-0 they'd said it was a great result but to win 4 was phenomenal and Peter what about Ross County then getting Malky Mackay's a big win for them that's the first win there in a decade delighted for him because I know how hard Malky works at it you know and I know how well he's done last year as well and it's always difficult to replicate that when you lose such important players um, and that's what people don't understand it's not that you're doing the job poorly it's the replacements are maybe not at the level that you had before because anybody that does well for any of these clubs are going to move on that, that's as simple as that was it the, the top goal scorer or the second top goal scorer Regan Charles Cook last yeah, year. Was a mass, that's what yeah, I'm saying so mass. massive you know you end up losing these guys mm. You know, and then that's impossible. You know, Ross County, somebody was second top goal scorer in the league. Yeah. You know, you lose like, that amount of goals for one player is near impossible. But so, a fantastic result for him, delighted for me. I mean, after scoring. getting hammered by, by Muddle, that, that was a shock yeah, result absolutely, for me. Absolutely. 5-0. Um, that just shows you that Malky's got good characters in that changing yeah. room. Mm -hmm. To go to a tough place like Livingston, we all know what Livingston's like to try and get even a point from so that's a brilliant three points for Ross County I thought David Martindale was really honest in his interview he afterwards was. and you know he said he could have just said look at the possession we had and he did but he said you know maybe we got what we deserved mm. no but, I thought it was a very yeah. honest interview I think he speaks very well mm -hmm. you know and that's what we want managers to do but we're talking about Jim Goodwin earlier on things are not allowed to say you know so we want them to be characters we want them to speak about the game we want them to tell the truth but as soon as you do that Jim gets a six or eight game, game ban just, Which is it, it wasn't a hard luck story. He was just no, honest. Right, said, yeah, yeah. We got what yeah. we deserved. We never get anything out of the game. Barry, will we take you to Easter Road then? Another win. You know, people wondered what was going to happen. Know, I, I, th yeah. I think I went for a draw for this one. I think you did. Yeah, but what about that Hibs win? And uh, no, do you know what? Ryan Hibs Bortis. are a team that I, st I still can't figure out. Um, I don't. I don't know what it is. But I tell you what, they're, they're getting results. Um, and the reason why I thought that would have been a draw is because of Muddle's obviously brilliant result up at Dingwall. I know it was Wednesday night. Yeah. Tiredness when they come into it because you're high in confidence. So that's a, a, another good three points for Hibs. And Ryan Porteous, man of the moment. What a month he's had September for Scotland and then obviously a couple of goals in two games for Hibs. Phenomenal, you know. And to be fair, I don't think anybody's ever questioned his football. When he plays well, and he, is that concentration level? And if people say that... You show an erratic defender, you'll show a poor defender. And I think that's sometimes the thing with Ryan. You know, he gets caught up in everything else. And if he sticks to his football, he looks a right good player. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that's the things people question about. And listen, it's like the, the, the guy, you know, you always love to hate. And that's that's fine. Mm -hmm. But you don't need to play that as a defender. Because I think he's got a lot of qualities that people don't see or don't want to see because of his antics at certain times. I thought he was immense for Scotland. Yeah. For your mm -hmm. first cap, I, I've got to be honest, you're worried when you see the... The, no worried is probably not the right word I thought he would have went with Declan Gallagher because he had the experience before he played with Scotland yeah. but I thought he was immense uh, Portis and obviously it's given him 
a huge lift in, in confidence. And I just think, see if he's focused and he's, his concentration levels are, are up there. Mm. He's a very good centre-back. He's got all the attributes. Mm. He's big, he's strong, he's powerful. He can pass the ball. Um, so Could he move to Glasgow? Hopefully this is a sign of maturity for him because I honestly yeah. do think if he continues this sort of form over a longer period of time, then Hibs might struggle to hold on to him because I see they've tried to offer him a new contract, a longer term contract, and you can see why because they're probably thinking well, there's money, real, big money to course, be made yeah. um, for Ryan Porter. So, yeah, I think he's got all the attributes to be a really good centre back. Could he be coming to Glasgow, Celtic or Rangers? Well, you'd definitely be looking. If I was working for any of the clubs, I'd definitely be looking yeah. at him because you know he's got it. The biggest thing, as I said, is the concentration levels and the responsibility it comes with coming to Glasgow. That's what have as well, you know, um, and that's on and off the pitch. It becomes a massive think, responsibility. Do you think that maybe getting his first cap, he's thought to himself, right, you know yeah. what, this is time for me to focus well, well, and Time mature. will tell, Barry. You know that's I hope so, it is, you know how important that yep. is. You know yep. that you have that focus. Because you go down south, you go to the, the championship, ten a penny centre half's head at Buta. This kid's got a little bit more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that, that's what you get in the championship, and that's what they're desperate for. Somebody goes and heads it and boots it away and they're quite content. But he can use the ball as well as doing that. But as I say, it's these moments of madness at times and the frustration that people get when he gets involved in things he doesn't need to get involved in. As a defender, you cannot do that because if you get a booking in the game, it's very, yeah, very sure. difficult then. And that's such an tools. Absolutely. He's got all the tools to be a, a very good centre-back and play at a high level. And I just hope now after that Scotland showing, you get a goal up at Dingwall, I think, against mm -hmm. Ross County. Yep. You get another goal at the weekend. Mm -hmm. Now he's starting to show signs that he could now go and move on to bigger and better things. Listen, and that's mean no yeah. being disrespectful to Hibs because no, Hibs no. are a big, big club. club. Sure. But he's, um, for me, he's got all the attributes. I hope he's listening there in Edinburgh, Ryan Porteous, because you can pick us up everywhere, all over, at the Go Radio Football Show with Macklin Motors. Barry Ferguson and Peter Grant, they know what they're talking about. I think that's great advice for him. So, Ross, thanks for coming on the other day. You were right, Celtic winning at St. Johnson. Motherwell, you were wrong. It was Hibs winning at Easter Road. Livy, you thought would win. Many people did, but it was Ross County. Rangers, you were right. Winners against St. Mirren. Uh, Aberdeen, I think everyone went for Aberdeen, but Dundee United... 4-0, which was a what of the weekend. <laughs> and Kilmarnock and Hearts, you went for uh, Hearts, but it ended up a draw. That was the score predictor. The score predictor on the Go Radio Football Show with Clyde Belt Home Improvements. Specialists in all aspects of your PVC windows and doors. The Go Radio Business Show was, uh, it was a brilliant listen. As always, yesterday morning, there was some great stuff from Hunter and Hockey and they were talking uh, about the housing market. Uh, and it was brilliant. I'd urge you to go on the podcast and look at it. I see the Herald picked up on it today. Uh, it was a great listen yesterday. Scary times, isn't it, economically for everybody? Uh, I would have a listen to it on the podcast. You can listen to our podcast as well. The number's going up and up. I'll tell you how many when I've counted them up <laughs> or made them up. No, we'll <laughs> count them up. We've uh, Thanks for making the switch. We're on every night from five, apart from tomorrow night and Wednesday when we are on at six because it's RB Leipzig against Celtic kick off at 8 tomorrow night we'll then do the podcast which will be available afterwards it's Big John Hartson will be with us tomorrow and Mark Guidi and then on Wednesday night Barry yourself along with Mark and they're great nights aren't they at the Radisson Red yeah I really enjoyed it yeah. uh, we were Tuesday last right, Tuesday yep. Yeah, I, I thought the fans were, were excellent Paul and I've got to be honest with you you, you, what, you spoke to maybe 6 or 7 yeah. of them and I thought their questions were, were excellent yeah it was a it was a good night apart from the result sure. obviously just that Rangers never get going at all and I heard Grant speak at the start of the show there saying they had to keep the ball a bit better you're under pressure but see when you get you gain possession 
got to at least keep it. Give yourself a, a breather for 20, 30, 40 seconds. But as soon as Rangers got the ball, they gave it away. Um, which they were in for a long, hard night. And if it wasn't for that man between the sticks, it could have been um, five or six, Paul. So I, I'm expecting a different Rangers approach um, on Wednesday night and, a, and hopefully a different performance. And if they... As I said, if they bring their A game and everybody's bang on it with a crowd behind them, hopefully they can pick up that point or three that um, gives them a real chance of making that third place. Actually, I was going to ask you for your team tomorrow night for Rangers, but of course we'll be doing Celtic mainly tomorrow. So, Scott Arfield in for you anyway, Barry? Because yeah, you were I disappointed. Yeah, I was really surprised yeah. last week um, with, with Tillman. And I, I could get Gio's when he got asked the question because if you think back to the PSV game that Rangers qualify for the mm-hmm. Champions League Tillman did play on the right side and he was excellent that night but I just thought with Scott Arfield with his experience Daylight runs into the box he's a grafter as well and also he's had the experience when he was down in the Premier League with Burnley playing at Anfield so that's why um, it was a bit of a surprise but I do fully expect Scotty Arfield to, to play on Wednesday I know he played 90 minutes on Saturday but listen he's a guy who looks after himself and, and as I said Paul I think he's a, a a top midfielder he's one of the dying breed for me making late runs into the box his timings the runs are, are brilliant but also he's um, he's a very good football player Scotty Arfield I think it could be important for them uh, Arfield and talking about the, the systems and whether playing two strikers I think the only way you'll get playing with the two strikers tomorrow evening or Wednesday evening would be if you change the wing backs. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only way you're going to get away with it and then play Arfield behind the two of them and then have two midfield players, whether it's Lundstrom and Jack or whatever, you could play that way mm-hmm. and you have to say, well, let your wing so backs. That's, that's the way I'm thinking he, he might go. You know, get your crosses in, Baz, yep. you know, because it means the two strikers then are occupying the two centre halves, mm-hmm. but it allows Arfield then to make that run off that yep. where we think Liverpool are no great at matching their mm-hmm. defender. Fabinho is probably the best at it. But if it's Thiago playing that deeper one, he's not great at matching you. You know, he's fantastic on the ball, all-round play. But as I say, he's not great at marking that. And I think Scotty Arfield could cause him a problem with doing that if he plays the wing-backs. And that's the only way I can see him playing the two if he changes it to wing-backs. What is your team then tomorrow night as we bring the news? You mentioned it in the first hour. For Liverpool, Diaz and Trent Alexander-Arnold are having scans, so they are doubtful. So no question the keeper. And what about the keeper, Peter? Uh, uh, Alan McGregor? Fantastic, and as, you, as I said to you, it was always a problem at the start of the season. Yeah. As long as John was going to be uh, ten as number one, it was always going to be a problem for John that everybody wanted Alan went in. But once Alan's got the chance, and we always say it, mm. when a player gets an opportunity, he has to take it. You know, and Alan McGregor's been phenomenal. As we all know how good a goalkeeper he is, but the manager made that decision. I don't. Me personally, I didn't think John had let them down at any time. Personally, I didn't think that. I think there was a couple of errors are in there at times. Of course. But everybody, Alan done it last year and everybody was saying oh, he was too old. Yeah. You know what I mean? So we've had it all before and that's unfortunately playing for Celtic at Rangers. That's how your judge, Joe Hart, makes a mistake. Some people are saying, oh, need to bring in Benji Segres. Sure. You know, that's the way it is and that's the way you live uh, playing for either a Celtic or Rangers. You have sure, to learn keepers. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Barry, would you be signing him up for next season? <laughs> yeah, look, I know he trains every single day mm. and I, I still know his fitness levels are, are, are sky high and you just need to look at his performances since he's come back into the team. You can see it. Yeah, but look, Alan left it to um, the end of last season he, he made his decision. I'm sure he'll do the same because, listen, he, he is 40 years of age. Goalkeepers are diving about non-stop every single day. Um, but listen, he looks in brilliant shape and some of his, I mean, his performances, again, Paul, I ain't surprised at that because I know what level... He can reach in terms of goalkeeper and not just having a top goalkeeper and 
He's a massive character. Massive character to have in that dressing room. Maybe he made a mistake, though, by giving that doubt until May that he might not play this season. Maybe he should say, right, I'm up for it next season, as long as I'm fit and signed now for next year as well, because his stock will never be higher. Yeah, but I just think if you, I think Alan's the type where he just wants to concentrate and play just now. He'll not be thinking about next season. He's just want to make sure that he's doing these... His job between the sticks and and listen, you've seen his performances over the last couple of weeks in Liverpool. Some of the some of the, the saves were ridiculous. They were. What would it have been without him? Just shouting, you've got your team. I think you probably do have your team. But let's hear GVB speak um, about his options uh, for Wednesday. How he's going to approach the game. Positive approach, you know, playing away against Liverpool. You know, it means you you have to be in the game. I think we started the way we started to make sure we don't uh, get the early goals against us. Try to to react from uh, from a low block. And I think second half was started very positive. You know, we were going forward a lot more. Try to keep the pressure on them. Of course, the penalty killed that. It's obviously if we want to you know continue our run in Europe, we have to get something out of the game uh, on Wednesday. And that of course also means you have a you have to have a different approach. Barry, your team. You just put me right in the spot. <laughs> yeah, you've always, you know what? Right, do you know what? Yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. go because I've seen Steve Davis wasn't an 18. I don't, I don't mm. know if Davos picked up a, an injury, but I'm going to go with it. McGregor, mm-hmm. back three centre backs: Leon King, Connor Golson, Ben Davies, two wing backs: James Tavernier, Bonner Barisic. I'm going to go Ryan Jack, Lundstrom, Scott Arfield in front, Sholak and Morelos up top. I could be totally wrong. Okay, I got to Arfield. What did you say after that? I'm writing it down. Two strikers. Yeah, the two strikers. You're going to yeah. troll it. Yeah, because I, right. I just okay. think, see, listen to Gio after speaking yeah. last Friday and then yeah. again that mm-hmm. he's be positive. Look, I, I could be wrong. Look, a Sakala or, or um, a Matondo could come into that, but I just like the idea of that with the two wing-backs pushed up, as Granty was saying five or so minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And then you've got three defenders and two holding midfielders that make you solid and compact if Liverpool do break on you. So, look, I could be way off, but that's what I would go with. But it's, interesting, yeah. but it's interesting that because if you... And we're all been there, but you've been a manager, I've been a manager, and you've picked teams and you look at opposition and whatever. You look at Arsenal yesterday, they leave Tierney out, but play a right-footed left-back. So, when Salah's coming inside, he's on his strongest foot, and that worked really well. So the difference with Rangers is Rangers maybe go with that third centre-back because of that if he steps inside Barisic who's not great at showing you down the line he lets you inside at times and I think you need that extra defender then to put pressure on and I think that's why you maybe look at that three and think that's important for him the fact that Trent Alexander is not the right-back who delivers from deep and gets unbelievable delivery you maybe think oh well I can sacrifice that now a little bit more because Joe, Gem- Joe Gomez is such a good player, but not got the quality Alexander he delivered. So he maybe get away with that three, and that's what managers look at, what opposition do when they're doing their analysis. I, I thought that left by Tommy Yasu. Yeah. I think, mm-hmm. is that right? Is that me yeah. pronouncing yeah, it right? Yeah, yeah. I because thought he was brilliant Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Did Salah get took off? Absolutely. Couldn't yeah. get a kick Because every ball. time he cut inside, he was on his strongest foot. He just looked off it, didn't he? Yeah. Going up the tunnel at half-time. I don't know if you saw him. It just looked as though well, I it's think, not well, I my I hope day. he's off it on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> What about John Lundstrom then, Barry? We know how much you appreciate what he does. Yeah, but I was disappointed yeah. in his performance mm. down at Anfield. And he would be too. Yeah, he would be. Listen, he's he's um, he's been a, an excellent player for for Rangers. He's got standards. He would have been disappointed in it. But listen, he's he's still a really important and big player for Rangers, Paul. But do you look at that? He's from there. Yeah. 
Everton family, Everton, Liverpool. He's Liverpool, uh, isn't he? So there's everything yeah. round about it, you know, and maybe so desperate to do well. But the way the team did, every time a midfield player picked the ball up, they couldn't pass. There was nobody hit it. Every time we're up to Morelos, it came back, you know, and it never allowed you to play. You know, and okay, he never played particularly well, but there's, as you say, he was so desperate probably to do well in front of everybody and show how good a player he was. But his performances have been excellent for the Rangers, you know, in the European games last year, he was by far, him and Bassey were probably the top two players when you talk about consistently over the period of time, you know. So, as I say, it's a different thing and he'll be wanting to put a performance in come Wednesday. He's such an important player for Rangers. He is. And, and you know what, I, I love seeing that. There's a lot of people questioning, uh, is he good enough? There was talk, talk about him leaving in the January, I think it was going to Middlesbrough. Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure it was Middlesbrough, but do you know what, he, after Celtic battered Rangers at Ibrooks. Uh, sorry, at Celtic Park, um, 3-0. He came into the team after that and he's not been out of the team ever since. He's been a, a brilliant signing and a free transfer for me. Peter, what are you thinking of Ben Davies? You know, we didn't see much, but in the last couple of weeks, he, what do you feel? How's well, he... you know he can play. And I think, and I've always said, I think when you're playing at this level, I like the balance of having a left foot. And I've said that about Celtic. I keep saying that. I like a left-sider because when the ball naturally goes down that side, you're on your, your comfortable side. You're not switching it back across and play square passes. And you've got to look forward with your passes. And I thought he looked to do that. I thought he looked to pass the ball forward. You know, and to be fair to the boy Sands, I think he does that better. I think they both of them do it better than Goldston. You know, playing the one between the lines. Goldston maybe hit the big diagonal. But I think they go for their passes in the midfield. Barry would prefer playing probably with Davis and Sands because he, they would give him the ball. Whereas I think Goldson's not, he'd rather go square to his other centre-back. And I think at that level, that's the, that's the trigger for them to put pressure on you. As soon as you go square, they're after you. And, and I think the other two boys are better. And I think Davis gives him something extra if he's fully fit and getting back to him. Now he's got a few games under his belt, I think he'll become a very good player for him. Like, I thought he'd yeah. done well yeah. down at Anfield yeah. for the 70 or so minutes he, he, he played in. And do you know what? He gives you that balance. That's the word, balance. He, he gives you that. And listen, Liverpool wouldn't have signed a player that no. couldn't play football. Sure. It's clear that he's, he, he's a good footballer. He just needs games. He got another... 70 or so minutes, I think, in, in Saturday. Um, so, listen, he'll be he'll be near enough properly match fit now. Peter, you were saying there you like a left footer in the back four, so you like the shape of Ben Davies. So that's good. Uh, Jermaine Defoe has been um, pictured with a Hollywood star. I don't know if you've met him. Tom Cruise. See, it's just come up in social media, Barry. There he is. Yeah, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Well. Who's, <laughs> who's the, the biggest star you've been... Photographed oh, outside okay, football. Is there anyone, guys? <laughs> Come on, you meet everyone. Name dropping there, no, no, not at all. No, absolutely not. We're just uh, lightening it as we head back. Uh, Peter, who's, what about you? No, who's yours? No, I, I'm not asking. You're asking <laughs> I'm asking, asking you. Um, I'll, I'll come back to it in a second. <laughs> Jimmy Johnson. Uh, oh, there he is. Yeah, I said outside football, but what a, what a oh, name. Uh, that was yeah. outside football. Wasn't on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> was that the double J in Hamilton or something? Yeah. Um, no, but that's so, what I'm saying. But for yeah. us, it was always football for us. A superstar could have walked down the street and I wouldn't even have nodded to them. I don't mean that disrespectfully. Right. Yeah. Because all the superstars from me were football players. Sure. That was the way I always looked upon it. And down in London, Barry will tell you, when I was at Fulham and whatever, that's what it was like. It was like going to the Oscars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and it's, I used to go into the stand after training. I'm thinking, what the hell is this? And it was all these superstars sitting yeah. next to you. You know what I mean? Do you know what I was thinking, actually? I'll reframe it and I will answer it then. Okay, for you, Jimmy Johnson. And I will ask you, out with a Celtic top, who would it be? Because Ronaldo scored 700 goals. He's 700th yesterday. So, has there ever been a better striker than Ronaldo? Ever. I mean, it's... Yeah. Do you know, it's a hard one. I think, yeah. what is it? 920 or 
30 games and yep. 700 goals and and do you know what he's 30, 38 years mm-hmm. of age look at the shape of him he's a he's a proper athlete and he's a credit to the, the, the game and do you know what it's been hard for him no playing oh, yeah, he must be frustrated because he's used to being the number one but yeah. I, I thought he'd come on for Martial yesterday and, and listen he took his goal brilliantly but still to be playing and to be in that shape at 38 years of age and you know what it looks to me if he could go on another couple of years at least mm-hmm. well the thing with him is he's a phenomenal player but you look at the stats and I'm not a big one on stats and I respect that but Haaland ever saying yeah. is it what is it 43 goals you've been to score every, every season for 16 years. years and look at the phenomenon he is yeah. but for 16 years he'd need to score 43 goals a season I think that tells you enough about Ronaldo and it's right but people say People say to you, who's the best? Who do you like the best, Ronaldo or Messi? For me, it's just been a pleasure living through the period of time that they've been playing. That's for me, that's that, that's yeah. the way I look at them because I'm, we're just so fortunate. I've always said to the boys that we're so fortunate to have seen these guys playing. I've coached against um, Ronaldo, I've no coached against Messi, I've, the, the beauty of seeing them playing. But you think to yourself, we're just a different world. And as I say, we've just got to enjoy this moment. Barry, you played against Messi, so there's one of yeah, the best I, ever. Yeah, I've played against yeah. Ronaldo, Ronaldo as well a number yeah. of times. And, and do you know what? They're just phenomenal talents. Um, totally different players. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo's more powerful. Messi's just like, it's like playing feet. I don't play PlayStation, but that's what it's no. like. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just with the ball at your feet, it just, it's, like it's glued to him. Yeah. But in terms of Ronaldo, I was watching the game yesterday and they were saying that he's meant to be brilliant with the younger players. Now, mm-hmm. imagine... Ronaldo talking to you as a young player and try to guide you and coach you or help you out in the training field. Um, but listen, what what a what a career! And Grant is right to live through they two at the same time going toe to toe with each other. Mm-hmm. It's like a competition between the two of them. And, but two of them are unbelievable players. And look where he's done it in England. He's done it in uh, Spain. He's done it in Italy. It is phenomenal. And Messi did it for Barcelona. PSG is not such a, a great time in his career. But I think this season he's been phenomenal. Yeah. So I'm interested he missed the game at the weekend they, they drew the game, I think. Because that creativity he's got, you know, I mean, his goal last week, Messi's goal last week was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, just pass one, two, one, two, just bends it in the corner before he, anybody moves. And that's the quality of Ronaldo yesterday. People talk about the goal and the pass for Casemiro, but do you see what Ronaldo does? The two centre-halves in the middle of the pitch, he drifts to the left-hand side, yeah. leaves the space for Casemiro, and then you think, OK, yeah. when he's bearing down in goal, you think it's a goal. And that is the difference with these players you expect from them, you know. And that's why you'll be disappointed. The, the day Ronaldo's not disappointed in not playing or not starting is the day he will hang up his boots. I'm with Ferguson and Grant. We're talking about Ronaldo and Messi and the biggest... <laughs> but I only ever saw them, met them for moments. You played against them. But I met at the World Cup in Mexico. I met the greatest player ever, probably, Pele. The Gore Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! Last section of the programme, I should say at the weekend, what about the championships? Some surprise results, Inverness doing well against Partick Thistle. But there were some uh, crazy results in the championship, Peter. Yeah, that yep. was big surprises. He had another fantastic Five. result against Queen's yep. Park. The boy is Ikenyeni. Yep. He's done very yep. well for them. He scored a few goals. I think that was on a hat-trick again at the weekend, you know, because Queen's Park have been doing exceptionally well, you know. So I didn't see that result coming. But even though 
they, they, they've been doing well in other performances. I, I, I say five's a hell of a, a skanking, you know, when you, you get that. <laughs> it sure is. I um, my local team, they're, they're struggling just now. Was that five Aki's, as well, wasn't yeah, it, at Morton? Five, yeah. yep. They need to start winning games of football, Aki's. They sure do. So, Patrick Thistle still on top in 17 points and just below them in the same number of points but uh, lesser goal difference. Ayr and Inverness and then Queen's Park on 16. Then it's Dundee, Morton, Wraith Rovers and Cove. In the Premiership, no change at the top. Celtic still top of the table now in 24 points after the first five, uh, nine games. Rangers on 22. Hibs on 17 points. St Mirren dropped down to fourth position on 15 points. Hearts on 14. Aberdeen on 13. And then the bottom six, Motherwell in the top of that with 13 points. Livy on 12. St Johnson on 10. Kilmarnock on 8 Ross County on 8 as well and Dundee United on 5 but finally getting a result and then tonight in England Nottingham Forest against Aston Villa but it just shows you yeah. that as well Paul we're talking about that the effect that has in Celtic and Rangers you know Celtic scoring so late you know you're sitting mm. in the dressing room and all that and these wee things are so so important because if Celtic would have dropped to two points Oof. how massive that becomes and that's why I'm talking about the times these games flick and flick uh, between each time they come back for Europe it's so so important and we've been there many times mm. and people say oh, but I didn't know what was going on or whatever you can guarantee everybody knows what's going on you know so that for was sure. a massive sc after them equalising I'm sure Rangers have been gung-ho thinking brilliant fantastic and then for Celtic to go up and score again that would have been the deflator and that's the things you're playing in the, you're talking about in the players minds and the supporters minds going into and it's not just the football I, honestly mm. he's right see going out for your warm up because that game would just have been finishing at McDermott yeah. Park. I'd have been <laughs> first up that yep. Celtic, what was the sure. result? And just before you're going out, you're thinking one each. Absolutely. Like, 100%. Yep. Then a minute later, obviously, <laughs> they, they score yep. the, the winner. And then it's like, right, do you know what? We need to make sure Absolutely. that we get our, our three points today. Tomorrow night in the Cinch uh, Premiership, we've got Dundee United against Hibs. And in the Championship on Friday night, Queen's Park are broth. And then Saturday, back to the Premiership, Celtic against Hibs. And then Sunday, there's uh, Motherwell Rangers is the big game on Sunday. There's so much domestic football. It's, uh, it's a phenomenal season. And it's a vintage time, isn't it, with the Champions League. Um, a few people have been on. Jimmy's just been asking, right, who's the most famous person you've met, Barry? Out with football. Sean Connery, probably. Wow. Or, 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 do you know what? Yeah, I, yeah he is obviously yeah. mega famous. Um, probably the most and famous. And Deck Scotsman. as well, that's a good one. Right. I seen yeah. him after, <laughs> granted, he was assistant manager. Yeah. They were at the the Arsenal Birmingham League yeah, Cup, Cup final. final. And I went upstairs and yeah. they were getting 40s with the, obviously, the family had yeah. cottoned on to them. They were all getting 40s and I'm wondering what's going on up there. <laughs> yeah. I've just won the Cup here and these are all wanting 40s with Ant and Deck. So I love Ant and Deck, but oh, they're yeah. brilliant. I could watch them. Sure. Oh, I, I love them. Do you know which one's which? Doesn't matter really, does it? They're interchangeable. And Dick, Peter, what about you? It means another 007, Roger Moore. You know, I met him and typical English gent, you know, very nice. I dropped down the stair and the next thing I was sitting next to him in a cafe, only the two is in there. So obviously he didn't know who I was, so I acknowledged him and he was very respectful back. So it was a, it was a nice two-minute conversation. Hey, go on, give us yours. No, no, I probably, like you, Sean Connery, would be the one, I think so, yeah. I thought you were going to talk no. me to his... Uh, I, no, 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 I thought no, that's no. why he was asking the question, no, no, you know no. what I mean? But one thing is, when I was at Fulham, with a Michael Jackson statue, does that count? Oh, yeah, go for it, go for it. <laughs> I'll fire put the Michael Jackson statue, because he, yeah. he went round the stadium, if of you course. remember. Yeah, even indeed. Before one I know. of the games. I know, I thought you might have mentioned the Queen, but of course, when you got your MBE... Um, I couldn't because I was I playing know, internet. You I get know. two, yep. you get a window, two yep. windows, and I had two international games, Paul. 
Um, Ukraine sure. was one of them and Georgia. Yeah. Who I think Scotland have got in the group. We have indeed. Yep. <laughs> Brings us nicely into that. Uh, what about the draw? What do we feel about it? I see the travel arrangements were changed for some people, but it's the draw as came out the other day. So Spain, um, not the team they were before. No, Would that they're, be fair? they're still yeah. good quality, but sure. they're not as strong as they mm. were when you had your Aniestas and Javis and and guys like that. So ten years ago. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Um, and of course, Elling Haaland. We we're going to have in Norway. Can you imagine? Well, that's a sellout, isn't oh, it? What a player, that, yeah. this boy. 22 years of age. He, he just but that's my only concern. If you'd have got Norway without Haaland, you'd think, well, that's a good draw for us. Norway with Haaland, all of a sudden, you're thinking, hmm, all of a sudden there's a couple of teams in there, three teams you're thinking, well, it's going to be tough. Georgia, we, I went to play, if I'm right, it's Batumi, Georgia. Yeah, that's right. We went to play in Batumi, we couldn't yeah. stay there. But I think we were the first civilian plane to land at the time. And I remember sleeping with my clothes on and a coat on in the hotel. The, the bed was wet and there were blood on the, the curtains. And I remember that as if it was yesterday. Uh, the cows were walking about the street with no, really, just bones. Yeah. And I always remember that. Um, and that's the one thing I remember about Georgia. It wasn't mm. ideal, but a great result, I think, over but, there. You know, but um, as I say, it was a tough place to go. But they beat us a few years ago, didn't they, mm. on the way to the Euros? And that was right, under Gordon Stratton. That's right. Yep. So they could be tough as well. And Cyprus... You know, you know, we've always got a great record against Cyprus. Mm. I guess some of them, Barry, would be looking at pot two and thinking, well, let's hope it's Scotland we're up against. Yeah, you know, we're not one of the fancy. I'm sure yeah. some nations would have, but yeah. listen, we're in the right good place just yeah. now. And, and don't forget, listen, we've got very good players as well, Paul. We've got a, a good solid unit. We've got a manager who's who's doing really well. And, and as I says, we've got some top players playing at the top level. Paul, people yeah. need to remember that as well. And he wants Scotland to qualify under their own steam that's one of the headlines today he doesn't want to get the playoff place from the nations well do you know what five minutes left and we're only what 25 hours away from Champions League again so what about Leipzig tomorrow night Ange Postacoglu has been speaking uh, this afternoon if you missed it this is what he had to say about Jota's injury yeah it was, like I said he pulled up so on the weekend and yeah we just have to sort of assess it it's a quick turnaround in games so usually second day we've usually got a couple missing anyway but uh Obviously, the game tomorrow, we're going to make a decision. After the 2-1 win the other day, he spoke about a player criticised last week, his goalkeeper, Joe Hart. They all make mistakes. Uh, the manager spoke about him. Yeah, look, um, you know, that's Joe's role in our team. You know, we, our goalkeeper's never too busy, and um, but we need him for the big moments, and, you know, he's always delivered at that time. So um, he made a good save, but, I mean, if we're talking about missed chances and goalkeeper saves, I think the other end's more important for us. Peter, we're going to get your Celtic team in a moment or two. Let's hear the manager speak about the who's going to cover for Callum McGregor, who is out until after the World Cup. Yeah, it's an option there for sure. We, uh, you know, I thought he did well on the weekend. Um, yeah, we've obviously got two or three options we can play there. So again, it's more about just seeing how the guys pull up. Like our session today was fairly light. Um, you know, I'll ever think about it overnight, but we've got two or three options. Um, but yeah, you know, I thought on the weekend, yeah, you know, Matt and Rao and Haxavanovic. Uh, you know, looked uh, looked good as a threesome, but uh, as I said, we've got some other options. Too. So, Peter, what what would be your option then for the Celtic team tomorrow night? I'd go for Hart, Juranovic, Vickers. Centre half, I'm not sure because mm-hmm. Jens and Welsh, I think both of them have done well in uh, certain periods of their, their performances and just getting game time. So uh, the jury's out on that one. I think he may go with Jens because he's a little bit more okay. pace and I've been impressed with Welsh. I think he's a threat at set plays as well. He's very aggressive. He's probably more aggressive than more. Taylor at left back. Middle of the pitch, I think if he's going to leave Habs Ivanovic or maybe Jot is not available and put Habs Ivanovic wide, 
Then I think McCarthy would come in with Hatati O'Reilly. Mm -hmm. Then it would be Mieda and then Habzabanovic. And for me, the interesting one is going to be the striker. I thought they didn't deal that well with crosses. Mm -hmm. And I thought the early crosses that came in, I thought the movement of Kyogo was very good. I think he, he, he looks upon him as the main man. But Giacomacus is scoring from crosses and I think that could be very, very important for us. I think Giacomacus could maybe start instead of Kyogo. Mm. Yeah, but I, I thought Giacomacus, when he came on last week against Leipzig, ruffled a few yeah, feathers. Yeah. And I don't think the centre-backs enjoyed that. I mean, like Kyogo, listen, his movement and his work rate's exceptional, but... Jack Marcus is a, a more physical presence and a couple of times he's left a wee elbow in and I didn't think the, the Leipzig centre-backs fancied that. You didn't think they were the strongest? You know, that, that part no, of, I, I think yeah. he could bully them. And that's the thing I could see if they get the crosses in early. You know, because the couple of times they did, I thought Kyogo's movement was magnificent, a couple of half chances he got from it. And the only thing I've gone against that is, is he left Kyogo to, out at the weekend and never played him mm. and played Jack and Marcus the full 90. So that tells me he's maybe going to start with Kyogo and if he needs that again, he ends up maybe with the two similar to Rangers. If he needs the goal, he maybe end up thinking, well, I'm going to go gung-ho and play two strikers up, you know, at one stage. I don't see people talk about Kyogo playing wide. That, for me, takes a big part of his game away. You know, I think he'd go, if he's going to go wide, it's going to be Habzavanovic, Maeda, yeah. or Albada. Here's the final word from the manager. I don't think I've ever gone into a game not thinking it's a must-win. I think if I came to this football club and thought, well, you know, today it doesn't really matter if we win or not, um, it wouldn't go down too well. Um, you know, from, from the context of the group, it's pretty tight when you look at it sort of beyond obviously Real Madrid have started you know, well in the group so you know they're, they're obviously a bit more comfortable but for the other three teams um, you know we've still got two home games um, others have only got one home game so every result you get puts a bit of pressure on the opposition but again for us what's important is that we, we, we go out tomorrow night and put in a strong performance and, and give ourselves a chance for success that's the first thing you know you can't just you know hope for these things to happen you've got to put yourself in a position where you can be successful. Barry, what do you think is going to happen? As long as they keep Nkunku, Silva and... Um, what do you call Werner. them? Werner. Quiet, I think they can take something from the game. Um, but listen, Nkunku is a different level. He's top, top quality. But in saying that, I thought Big Silva really impressed me with the, with the double act. So if Celtic keep them quiet... They're in with a right good chance of getting a point or even getting the three points. Peter, what do you think? I've, I'd say it's a really, really tough game. And I'm not saying this myself to Hatton because I, I, I genuinely felt it before the draw. Everybody's talking about Leipzig. And I know how good they can be. I know they lost the first one four. I've got a worry about tomorrow evening, but I think Celtic are going to nick it. I think Celtic are going to win 2 1 because I know they always give chances up. But I just think. Being at home in this big atmosphere, and I know they play in front of big atmospheres and that, but I think sometimes that gets you over the line. And when you've got people like McGregor not involved and Jota, you need the supporters, and I think that could be the difference. Peter, Barry, thanks so much. Barry, we'll see you on Wednesday for the Rangers Liverpool game. And tomorrow night, we're on with thank you, Peter, for tonight. Pleasure. John Hartson and Mark Weedy, we're on from six, remember, tomorrow. Jokal Day is up after the news. The Go Radio Football Show with MacklinMotors.com Your local friendly experts for new and used cars. Let's go! go. 
there's a new name for Toyota in Lanarkshire. From one of the UK's biggest names in motor retail. Macklin Motors Toyota opens this October in Hamilton. We're bringing you everything Toyota backed by first-class service. So come and view the stunning new Toyota range, all with up to 10 years warranty. Including the Igo Cross and the new Yaris Cross compact SUV. See our great choice of approved used Toyotas. Our formidable range of commercial vehicles, including the Hilux. Get expert servicing from our manufacturer trained technicians. And specialist advice from our Motability team. Macklin Motors Toyota opens Monday, October the 17th. At Whistlebury Road, Hamilton.